0: Episode of the Daily Dollop, I'm going to be talking about diet quality, what it means, and how to maximize it through focusing on the food to include into your diet rather than the foods not to include. Welcome back to the Daily Dollop Show, everyone. My name is Kate Freeman, and I'm a registered nutritionist and the founder of the Healthy Eating Hub and the Healthy Eating Clinic. I'm absolutely passionate about today's topic on diet quality. I just want to get so stuck into it. I mean, do you guys even need a fun fact from me? I don't know. Fun facts are overrated. I'm also running out of fun facts. So I need to think of some more and I don't have any for today. So I'm just going to get stuck into how to maximize your diet quality. And so I've just been doing some pondering, just just some real deep thinking about nutrition nutrition as you do, as I do, because it's my job. But I, you know, I think deeply about these things and and really I've come to the conclusion that due to the way nutrition has been portrayed in the media these days, that it's, it's quite easy to assume that health is all about what you shouldn't be eating. You know, like we hear so many messages around no sugar, no soft drink, no chocolate, no gluten, no dairy, no carbs, no junk food, no preservatives, no meat, Right. all don't, 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 no, no, no. And, you know, just to clarify, none of these rules are actually necessary. And many people live their lives believing that they are, you know, unless of course you're a celiac or you have an allergy, then obviously, you know, you avoid the foods that you need to. But other than that, there's nothing that you actually have to fully, completely avoid to live a healthy, long life. And I, you know, it's actually not just the media and social media and and things responsible for the messages of what not to eat because you know i was thinking in the early days of my career so which is <laughs> 16 years ago when i first graduated from my degree and even before then like when i was going through my undergrad nutrition degree you know this was before healthy eating became trendy i am that old 100% that old yep but we would we were actually taught to convince people, like our whole messaging was like, stop eating chips and sausage rolls and meat pies and lollies and chocolate milk. And you need to be, you know, eat more vegetables and, and things like that. And yeah, I I would spend a lot of time being like, you know, like sugar is really bad for you. And you know, we need to not be eating this foods all the time and blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, is right, there are good reasons for not eating certain foods all the time but I think what's happened is is that we've become so scaremongering in our messaging and rule-based and you know like strict that then when we do eat those foods we're like oh feeling guilty and bad and it's just really spiraled down this road of you know good and bad foods and healthy and unhealthy eating and elitist. I don't know. It's its become really confusing because at the end of the day, there are some dietary patterns that promote health and they don't include eating chips, sausage rolls, lollies and chocolate milk all the time. You know, like we a hundred percent should not be eating all of those foods all of the time. But at the same time, just because you do have some chips or a sausage roll or a chocolate milk doesn't automatically spiral you into poor health either. So yeah, it's this really fascinating time in nutrition. I've just been pondering a lot about it. You know, and I just think we've, been, we've become really good at making food rules about what not to eat, but we're actually not very good at sticking to them. And I think, well, what's the point of a food rule if you're not actually going to do it, right? Or what's the point of a particular dietary pattern if you can't actually stick to it? And so I've come to the conclusion after all these years that rule-based nutrition and the whole eliminate bad food and, you know, demonizing carbs and demonizing sugar and taking that scaremongering approach is just, I just, I don't buy it. It's not the best way to, to convince people. Just the other day on social media, there was some woo around white rice and the starch in white rice, you know, turning into glucose and oh, how shock horror and, you know, Sunrise should label their products more appropriately. And, and I was like outraged because this person was apparently a qualified nutritionist, pretty much demonizing basic physiology. You know, the fact that starch is turned into glucose by your digestive system and absorbed is literally fundamental physiology and anatomy. That's how you digest carbohydrates. And um, And, but she was turning it into a bad thing and there's the implications of her post were making people fearful of eating white rice and it's just completely unnecessary. And so, you know, from this whole eliminate bad foods approach, there's kind of like two key problems that I can see. Firstly, the definition of what is considered bad varies considerably among experts you know, some people are like carbs are bad and then other people are like carbs are amazing and then other people are like meat are bad and then other people are like meat is amazing. And you're just like, well, what is it people? Gosh. And so, you know, there's contradictory opinions, you know, often that's driven by commercial agendas and we pretty much now have mass confusion. Like most people feel, you know, pretty lost on, you know, what a bad food is sometimes and yeah we're we're fighting over a lot of different things in nutrition and it's yeah it's causing a lot of problems for people the second problem is is that when you focus on what not to eat it's kind of like all you're doing is filling your brain with thinking about the forbidden foods which just makes you want to eat them more you know it's like that whole you're in an empty field and there's one tree and so you're driving You know, right? And you hit the tree because you're focused on the tree, so you end up hitting the tree when the rest of the field is empty. I actually, I do that so bad when I mountain bike ride. So my family loves mountain bike riding, and I just survive in behind them, holding on for dear life on my bike. And when we're on this track, and there's like one rock in the middle of the track, I'm literally like, "Don't hit the rock! Don't hit the rock! Don't hit! Oh, hit the rock! Dang it! I always hit the rock." And I, anyway right? I'm just focusing on the rock where I'm like, I need to focus on the the clear path instead of focusing on the rock. This is philosophical today. Can you feel it? I'm I'm really oozing the (laughs) the wisdom. But basically what I want to talk about is, right? I think there's a better way to help people with their nutrition. And I think that that's taking a positive approach. And I think that the best way to help people is by focusing them on what foods they should be eating every day and not on the ones they shouldn't be. Because I think that good nutrition is actually about obviously having the right amount of energy. So not too little energy, but also not too much. But also it's that it needs nutrients. Like your body needs carbs, fats, and proteins. It needs vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and fiber. And so we're only going to get sufficient nutrients with a wide and varied diet from all the food groups. And so we need to actually shift our focus to nutrient density. So nutrient density is a term used to describe how much nutrition a food or diet contains relative to its energy. So if you remember back to the episode on sugar where I talked about coke and an apple, 250 mils of coke has the same amount of energy from sugar as a large apple. However, The apple is much more nutrient dense, containing five grams of fiber, 75% of your daily vitamin C and heaps more nutrients. The Coke contains no micronutrients, just sugar. So the apple is nutrient dense. So I've got six practical tips on how you can maximize your diet quality and improve the nutrient density of your food choices and your meals. Tip number one is add vegetables to at least two meals a day. You can't eat well without vegetables. They are a key dietary factor for maximum nutrient density. A high and varied vegetable intake will mean that you've got a super healthy gut thanks to fiber, lots of vitamin C, plenty of beta carotene, antioxidants, right? Super great. Some quick ideas are, you know, stuff your sandwiches with lettuce, cucumber, carrot, tomato, add spiralized or grated zucchini to your pasta dish, Top your homemade pizza with shredded baby spinach, sliced mushrooms cubed, capsicum, avocado. Cover broccolini, beans and snow peas with boiling water. Allow to sit for three to four minutes. Drain and serve. Easy veg, right? Make batches of pumpkin soups um, and freeze them, other vegetable soups and serve them with whatever else you're eating. Tip number two is include seafood where you can, if you like it and if you're happy to eat it. But Seafood is highly nutrient-dense. It's a great source of omega-3 fatty acids, B vitamin, protein, zinc, fish, prawns, squid, crab, mussels, oysters. Get in on it. Yum. I really love tinned tuna. Um, John West with these lovely tin tuna flakes in oil. Just drain them, toss them around with some cooked wholemeal pasta, lots of diced veggies, dollop aioli, squeeze a lemon. Mm. Yummy. Google salmon recipes. Just do that. You will not be disappointed. Um, So many great recipes online. Just seriously, Google salmon recipes and you'll be a happy camper if you love salmon. Um, And also head to your local um market and, and grab some fresh seafood. There's nothing quite like fresh seafood. And you can just use really simple flavors: lemon, chili, garlic, fresh herbs and spices. Amazing. Seafood is very, very nutrient dense. Okay, choose. Minimally processed dairy foods if you can. So if, obviously if you have a a dairy protein allergy or a lactose intolerance, um, you know, dairy's out for you. But if you can have dairy, then dairy is the most nutritious option for milks compared to plant-based milk, it is. It's a good source of calcium, protein, B vitamins. It's a great part of a healthy diet. You're obviously not building your whole diet out of dairy. You know, one or two serves a day is fine things like Greek yogurt with birch and muesli or in smoothies. You know, you might have some milk in your daily coffee or breakfast cereal. I love the ricotta and cottage cheeses. They're great um, for boosting the protein of your snacks or your breakfast. Ricotta on wholemeal raisin toast with honey. I actually think I've shared that idea before, but it's yummy. Okay, tip number three is include legumes daily. So legumes like beans, lentils chickpeas. Um, actually that's this, I'm up to tip number four. I'm getting confused with my tips, but include legumes. It's just the next tip. So, um, these are fabulous. They're rich in fiber, vitamins and minerals. They're quite filling foods, um, and difficult to overeat, which makes them really great from a weight management perspective and helping feel full and satisfied after a meal. Like nobody ever said, I binged on four bean mix. Like you just don't binge on these things. So add them to your meals. They're a great way to get some um, great gut-loving fibre in there but also some good quality source of carbohydrate. Amazing. Roasted chickpeas, so good. You can buy them roasted or roast them yourselves. Um, Just Google, there's heaps of recipes out there. Lentils are a fab way to bulk out your favourite veggie soups. I really like the cannellini beans which are the white beans. They're great in soups as well. Baked beans, even the ones in the tomato sauce are a really great high-fibre protein option for breakfast or snacks. Get them in ya. They are highly nutrient-dense, great to add to your diet. Next tip, nuts. Add nuts regularly. In fact, research shows that just a handful of nuts every day can decrease your risk of cardiovascular disease. That's how great they are. They're rich in healthy fats, fiber, lots of micronutrients. So um, yeah, get them in. Pair with fruit and yogurt for snacks or breakfast. I love adding nuts to stir fries and curries. Amazing. And the last tip I have is snack on fruit first. So fruit is a fabulous low energy snack that's full of nutrition. Like I said, comparing the apple with the Coca-Cola. Yes, fruit contains sugar, but it contains it in a super healthy package, rich in fiber, vitamins, right, antioxidants. It's highly nutrient dense and is a fantastic way of just getting some energy into your day without actually overconsuming. A couple of my favorite ways to eat fruit is um, a banana and peanut butter. So you can cut the banana lengthways and then spread the peanut butter over or just chop it up and drizzle Apple slices with cheese. Tasty cheese is great, but blue cheese is just to the next level. Um, Yum. Strawberries drizzled with chocolate. Blueberries with vanilla yogurt. Raspberries with cashews. Yum. Well, that's it for today's show. See how many of these foods you can add into your day and just relish in all the nutrients that you're adding into your diet and go, gosh, I had a nutrient-dense diet today. Have an awesome one. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au.